0: some of this, Michael. Be one of us. I said, I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your
1: brains. No running in the hallway.
2: This six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face, the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. Welcome to the Spook House Podcast, episode 49. I'm Phil. I'm Jason. And... Today, we are talking about creep show because it's still Stephen King month.
1: It will continue to be Stephen King month next week as well. That's right. We are wrapping
2: it up next week with Secret Window. You know, we were just talking, kind of had a, an epiphany. Like, boy, Stephen King, he loves making his main characters writers, huh? Stand By Me, The Misery. Oh, yeah. Like, everybody's a writer in his books. Secret Window. Oh, so, yeah. It. It, yeah. Yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's got to be a lot more. There's there are tons more.
1: I mean, i not even including his The story Shining stories. Of course, and stuff. yeah. That's, huh? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of writers in the Stephen King McKee Write what you know. You know yeah. what I mean?
2: How often do you think? Like, I mean, he's written a shit ton of books. Like, mm-hmm. do you think he's ever like, you know, I'm kind of tired of writing books. <laughs>
1: No, because apparently that's <laughs> all he's done.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I feel like at some point I'd be like, I'm good.
1: I mean, I'm sure good. he gets burnout, but it's not like he needs, to, he, can, he doesn't need to write anything and his grandkids are set up for life. Yeah. He wouldn't even have to true. write another sentence. He doesn't have to make a tweet and he's set up for life. Just- yeah.
2: I was reading an older Rolling Stone interview he did yep. and he seems really humble. Like he gives away a shit ton of his money. Mm-hmm. He... He's like, yeah, my biggest extravagance is I I like cars, so I got a few of those, but they live in a pretty modest house, and they donate a lot of their money to charity, so seems like a pretty level-headed dude.
1: The house that everybody knows in Portland, Maine, Like he doesn't live in the house anymore, but he just kind of keeps it there because he knows it's a huge tourist attraction for the city. Mm -hmm. So he just has it, but he doesn't really live there anymore. He just kind of keeps it there for the city just because he likes Portland so much. Okay. He splits most of the time in Florida now. Oh, really? Well, in the winter. You know what I mean? The winter in oh. Portland's pretty rough. Yeah, true, true. So in the wintertime, he, he's, he's a snowbird, as they call him in Florida. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Florida. It's just condensed America, that peninsula of a state. Just yeah. Every, like,
2: yeah. The old nutsack of the United States. It's just everything that's good
1: <laughs> and awful about America is just condensed in that one just weird state. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So
2: uh, since the last time I saw you, Jason... Have you watched a whole lot of new
1: shit? I've watched some new things here. Yeah. Okay. What, right. What'd you watch? I watched this movie called The Midnight Meat Train. Have you ever watched that before? Oh, I have. Yeah. <laughs> I had. A, I actually enjoy it. You, do, I, <laughs> yeah, you look at that face and like, that fucking movie. Oh, There's the one. Did you watch it just because of Rampage? Rampage? Rampage of Jackson. Jackson. He's in it. Remember, he's on the We're train. We're talking about
2: the. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Rampage does fight. Um, God, what's the guy's name from Bullet Tooth Tony? Yeah, from I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. The
1: guy's in all those Guy Ritchie movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah the
2: Bradley Cooper horror movie.
1: Yeah. It's a horror movie. It's just I was like, hmm, this is definitely a lot different than everything that was coming out at the time. It came out like two thousand eight, two thousand seven. Yeah, two thousand eight. was I I like believe. that's why nobody really talks about it. I was like, it's it's fun. It's not like earth shattering or anything, but it's a decent movie. Yeah, it wasn't bad by any means i just remember there
2: were a few parts i can't recall which parts i was just laughing my ass off i'm
1: like oh <laughs> all right But well, you're not a clive barker fan at all anyway though right
2: uh i guess
1: not i was about to say, can there, is there one clive barker movie that you watched that you liked i, I mean i like the hellraiser i'm just not crazy over it yeah what about nightbreed
2: it's okay I like Nightbreed. It's a little fantastical.
1: I guess it is true. Yeah. It was meant to be like Star Wars for the horror movie
2: thing. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, I see why a lot of people like it. Yeah. It's you got a kick-ass villain that I don't think you see a whole lot. The guy with the button for the eyes. And the, oh, yeah. David Cronenberg. And the weird zipper mouth. That's
1: mm-hmm. David Cronenberg. The director? The David director. Cron- he played that part? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. He's also in Chase X. David Cronenberg is? Yeah, he's at the beginning of the movie. Really? He's, you remember the, uh, the the guy who comes up is like, we can't just let Jason go. We have to. This, this fact of regeneration, it just begs for more research. That's <laughs> <As it>? Cronenberg. <laughs> oh, that line from Jason X. And that's in the beginning, and he gets the uh, uh he gets thrown through his chest. I mean, it was like, Crony, you want to do a cameo? I was like, does Jason kill me? He was like, yes. I'll absolutely be in Jason X. <laughs>
2: you know, it's probably been like 15 years since I've watched Jason X.
1: I want to revisit it. Though. Really? Yeah, yeah. Just- I think right. now it's like, oh, okay, so this is straight schlock. Okay. Yeah, You know, if you just go into it like that, and I was like, okay, well, then you probably appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, I
2: remember at the time, I was like, man, this, this fucking sucks, because I, like, <laughs> I just didn't like the design of Jason.
1: Jason fucking Voorhees, that's who it is.
2: Oh, is that the one where they say that line? Yeah.
1: Jason fucking Voorhees. And the,
2: it sucks on so many levels. I was like, ugh, that's good. Mm. Yeah, I need to go back and rewatch that one. Yeah. It looks just like
1: dumb, stupid fun. Yeah, and it's I'm sure it was shot in Canada, and Cronenberg is Canadian, so okay. Yeah, but yeah, Button eye, or Button Eye maybe was that his name? A Nightbreed. Yeah, that's Cronenberg. Yeah, he was creepy. Yeah, he's really creepy. Yeah. yeah.
2: So Midnight Meat Train, Rampage yeah.
1: Jackson. Yeah, I'd forgotten <laughs> about it. a buddy. A, a buddy of He listens to the show. Joel. He was like, "You need to watch this." If you watch this? I was like, "No, I've never seen it." Shout out to Joel. Thanks <laughs> yeah. for the listen. I also watched Doctor Sleep this week.
2: Really. I did. Oh, God, I have, pardon the
1: pun, I've been sleeping on it, Jason. You've been sleeping on I've it? I've been sleeping on it. How was it? It's a good adaptation of an okay book. Okay. That's really, I mean, there's, it's, he tries to do the, the it's a sequel to the book and to the movie, because they completely changed the whole third act from the book, because they tried to tie it into the movie a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just in the book, in the Shining the Book, the hotel explodes from the boiler room. Oh, okay. So I'm sure the studio was like, oh, no, no, you're bringing that fucking hotel back. That's going to happen in this. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So they they brought the hotel back. Nothing like crazy, but yeah. How
2: much of the hotel is in the movie? Like if you're going into it thinking like, I love The Shining, fuck yeah, I'm going to watch this. Will you be kind of let down?
1: Like 20 minutes of it. Really? Okay. Yeah, I mean, Grant, I read the book, so I know the hotel wasn't going to be a huge part. It was like, it plays a big part in the movie, but in the book, they just go to where, the shot, to where the hotel was in the book. I got you. In the movie, they go to the actual Overlook Hotel. Cool. It's, you know, it's not scary, but the book's not scary. There's one part that I actually bust out laughing. I was like, okay. Some things you probably need to change a little bit from the book. <laughs> like what? I don't want to say, because there's like a, a like a shootout, shootout thing. I was like, this is just fucking dumb. A shootout, you say? Yeah, there's a, a shootout, right. and I was like, well, this is hilarious. Is the main character a writer? No, he is a recovering alcoholic. Oh, much like his dad. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. You know, it's worth a watch. I know some people hate it. Some people like it. It's not a bad movie at all. It's just, like I said, it's a good adaptation of an okay book. Okay. You know, I still want to check it out. Yeah, it's two and a half hours, just so you know. Ooh, the three right. and a half hour cut's coming soon. Yeah, cool. the three hour cut. Yeah. Watch out, midsummer.
2: There's <laughs> a new movie, Hot <laughs> on Your Heels,
1: That is not going to s- watch. Yeah, and this one's got <laughs> okay. Stephen King's tank on it. So. <laughs> yeah. All right, what else, Jason? I also watched the Beastie Boys story damn
2: I want to watch that it's really good.
1: It? it's now granted they kind of it's only two hours long and it's you know two of them that are still alive mm-hmm. going over their whole story and it usually it gets to about hello nasty and then they just kind of skip to their very last show really so they skip in the whole two there's like 20 years almost oh that's a bummer yeah well I guess because their last show was in 2009 so not quite 20 years but mm-hmm. they skip they go from hello nasty to their last show. Okay. So that part was, but I mean, it was funny because Spike Jones was the director of it. Yeah, and he's kind of the villain in the presentation because they're giving a presentation. It's not like a whole like regular documentary. Okay. It's those two on stage going over their whole, you know, like uh, the stuff. Mike
2: Tyson thing. Yeah, a lot like that. Okay. Yeah,
1: but it was a uh, you know, it's really interesting because you know those two together, they they talk about they spent more time with each other than they have with their entire families, and you know they really love each other and. They, get, they start crying a little bit when they start talking about Adam Gauck and that's pretty sad.
2: Yeah, I figured it would
1: be. Yeah, because he wasn't the lead singer, but he was definitely like, the. this is what we're going to do. Uh-huh. He was the one that kind of got everybody in line. I got you. And I read the book, too. He was a really interesting person in the book, but hmm. again, he didn't write the book either because he had been dead for a decade. Yeah. But yeah, give it a watch. I really enjoyed it. What did you watch it on? I would... It's only on Apple Plus. Oh, it's one of those things. Damn it, which I don't have, and I probably no, never. The only won. reason I have it is because I switched over to for Christmas. Somebody got me an iPhone because I need a new phone badly, and, uh-huh. and it comes with Apple TV for like a year or whatever. Okay, so if you have an iPhone, you can watch it,
2: or I could stream it off uh, a
1: certain website. Maybe, yeah. Oh, I, I can't. It's just funny. <laughs> Apple TV is like Apple was sinking so much money. On Apple TV, and I really don't think anybody gives a shit about it. Yeah, I mean the new Tom Hanks movies on there. There's lots of like Michael. Oh, Michael Scott. Jeez, Michael. <laughs> Michael Scott joint. Yeah, <laughs> I would love to see Michael Scott do a Spike Lee documentary. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, I probably will never get Apple TV, but whatever.
1: Yeah. Like I said, the only reason I have it is because I have an Apple phone. But yeah, it's it's Beastie Boys Story is definitely worth a watch. Even if you're not a big Beastie Boys fan, it's, it's really yeah. interesting.
2: Hey, I'll watch like a good biopic on just about anybody. Yeah. I mean. So I read some news today that uh, his name escapes me. He played Thor, that guy. Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. Hemsworth. Yeah. He's playing Hulk Hogan in a biopic. I can see it. I am stoked on
1: that. i, I want to watch yeah. that, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Although I'm sure people will be like, oh, what's well, an Australian playing Hulkamania, brother? <laughs> he's going to have to do, like, all the roids. <laughs> well, he he's got to beef big, up. He's pretty, no, he's pretty big in Avengers.
2: Yeah, well, no. he's got to,
1: like, I mean, Hogan was never, like, the most cut physique. He yeah. was just fucking beefy. Yeah, and it's, he's, he's bulky in Avengers, too. He's not, like, a uh, shredded, okay. like uh, your Chris Evans would be in, like, yeah, well, I'm interested to watch that. I did not know that. Okay. Yeah,
2: I just saw the headline today. So are
1: they going to show the sex tape, the Hulk Hogan sex tape too? <laughs> Who knows?
2: I don't want to watch that. You've watched it, haven't you?
1: I haven't, actually. You totally watched, you don't lie. No, I haven't. What are you going to do with that Hulkamania runs wild on uh, you, brother? Oh, or sister. If you start playing it and you're like, hey, look at this, I'll... I won't turn away. I think he farts at some point in it. Like afterwards, it's <laughs> always about like some bad tacos he had or something. Oh, we've all been there, Hulkster. <laughs> yeah, but it's not <laughs> recorded. And put it on the internet when we do. It. <laughs> oh man, yeah. If you can find
2: a just that clip, I'd be interested to watch that. All right. Well, I too watched just a couple of things. I've been busy. We went camping recently, and just been busy, man. Work and you know, I own a house now, so you do? I, I have to cut the front and backyard push mower. Oh yes, Ooh. yeah, it's uh, it's something, but I enjoy doing it. But long story short, yeah. I don't have a lot of free time to watch stuff these days. Sure, I'm always busy. Yeah. But I have watched all of the new Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix.
1: Okay, I've seen all of them except for the French one, and I haven't finished the Alien one, but I've watched the rest of them. Okay. So,
2: god what's his name? Rob, the, the weird guy, the one that definitely killed the hairdresser Patrice.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
2: that dude is fucking weird. Yeah. So, I don't think he killed her. Okay. But he I think he definitely hired that little weird little shit that he, was he, like telling the cops. I think he hired him okay. to
1: kill her and that's kind of what happened. What about Pistol? I feel bad for that dude. I do feel bad for Pistol too. Yeah. <laughs> I and she was like I would not leave these ashes to anybody. Especially yeah. to Pistol. I'm like go uh, fuck yourself yeah, dude. Yeah he is a piece of shit.
2: And I also noticed um, Pistol like he's bald now. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing he like shaves his head probably because he doesn't want anybody else cutting <laughs> his hair. Which is think about that. pretty fucking sad. <laughs> yeah I felt. I wanted to give him a bro hug. Be like I got you dog. <laughs> Here's this sp- sp- spook house stickers and give me some (laughs) (laughs) yeah man i felt really bad for that dude but it's a good show
1: yeah the other season the rest of the season come out in like october or november yeah i think
2: they're working on new episodes right now
1: i know they said one of them's gonna be a ghost episode
2: yeah looking forward to that
1: yeah so i've been i enjoyed the new season i thought it was pretty fun yeah the alien episode is really good too it is highly recommended yes okay is there a yeti episode
2: Unfortunately not. There probably isn't the old series. I'm not gonna lie, when we were camping, you hear some weird noises at yeah. night and I was like, Bet that's a squatch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I watched a clip of the old original Unsolved Mysteries. Mm-hmm. Our boy Matthew McConaughey made a cameo, one of those, before really? he was like anybody. He's just like, him. he was one of the people that got murdered in the middle. He was cutting his grass. Wow. And he didn't have, his, it was a button down shirt, but it was not buttoned for him because he's Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, that's right. And he's like 24, so he's an Adonis. Stud. Yes. <laughs> but he gets shot, and he's like falling all over. It's hilarious. Uh, this was before
2: Texas Chainsaw Next Generation days? I'm assuming so, yes. Yeah. Yeah, man, um, Unsolved Mysteries, good shit. Watch
1: the French episode, too. Mm-hmm.
2: Guy's a real piece of shit. Murdered yeah. his family, went into hiding.
1: Yeah, I had it on the background. I couldn't do something and it, have it French, yeah. so I'll get to it when I got some you know, time it, to sit down and watch that And there's a one.
2: rumor somebody spotted him in Chicago. I don't know how much merit there is to that, but yeah. I wonder what's going to be the first one that gets cracked on Reddit from this. <laughs> there's um, I subscribed to the subreddit for it. I went down a rabbit hole the other night, like,
1: reading through all the... Yeah. The Baltimore one, is that one everybody's kind of going crazy for oh, too? the Ray Rivera? Yeah. What do you think happened with Dude, that? Dude, he didn't kill himself. Now, what happened? I think he killed himself. How did he get to... How did his body get where they found it? He took a running jump and jumped. But he had to get to some spot. The roof.
2: How did he get to the roof, though? I don't know. You know? I think he killed himself, though. Well, I mean, what I'm did, on the what, fence, though. Okay, like, wh- well, what did somebody do? If he didn't get a running jump and jump off of that roof, mm-hmm. somebody would have had to, like, point a gun at him and be like, all right, get a running start or, I mean, and if, jump. I've seen Sopranos. Those goons can throw go oh. pretty far, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if somebody, if you throw somebody off a building, I'm speaking from experience, I do it all the time, they're going <laughs> to land on their stomach or their back. Uh-huh. Who's going to, like, get thrown off a building and, like, do like the little skinny leg diver thing where you like do a little pencil maneuver. Like you scuba diving in there? (laughs) Yeah. Like that's essentially what he did. So, you know what I mean? Maybe. I don't don't know. know. And all those weird notes he left around, it's like, I mean, maybe there was something going on with the guy and he snapped.
1: But I mean, his employer telling everybody to shut the fuck up immediately. Oh,
2: oh there's definitely a lot of sketchiness. I'm yeah. not saying like hard line, like yeah. this definitely this unsolved mysteries yeah, is, is what it is, baby. <laughs> that's
1: but, Baltimore, baby. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> if I found out one way or the other, I'd be like. Okay. Yeah. I could believe. See, so the thing is, way. they're never going to be able to completely, whenever they've prove he killed himself now. Yeah. So if he did kill himself, it's going to be always going to be that thing in the air of like, hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Did you see that like list of movies he made? Yeah. He was, he's a big M. Night Shyamalan fan. I was like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's got a couple good ones, but he's got- you know, Avatar, The Last Airbender. Yeah, yeah which yeah. that cartoon is great. That movie, on the other hand. <laughs> yeah, if you notice, he kept the Happening off that list. Have you seen the Happening? I, was he might have died before the Happening? Didn't die in like two thousand four. Oh, oh, I think he died before the Happening came out. Okay. That may have been the thing that took. Okay, in my like, Shaman, you got to come now. <laughs> Maybe he caught a sneak preview of the Happening. It was <laughs> like, you know what. I'm, this is it. <laughs> I'm smelling this tree, and this tree's really making me want to kill myself all of a sudden.
2: <laughs>
1: oh, yeah, maybe.
2: Okay, we shouldn't joke about this. It's maybe. a sad story. Yeah. Yeah, we're just talking shit.
1: Right, so did you watch anything else other than Unsolved Mysteries?
2: Oh, real quick, that theme song? So crunk. It's
1: like... They, they, they took the original, uh-huh. okay, and they made it their own while keeping the best parts of the original. That's right. While also giving a little flash of Robert Stack. Throw a little... uh Little dubstep beat over it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'll drive through the grocery store with my windows down, jamming that. Yeah, no, good theme song. Yeah. Um. Other than that, I started watching. Fell asleep before I could finish it, but I've really enjoyed it so far. I finally checked out The Burning. Have you ever seen that in the eighties? Yeah, eighty one. Yeah. yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I really, I was really enjoying it. I might try to finish it tonight. It's it's a good time. I was like, holy shit, the Harvey Weinstein wrote and produced this? Ew.
1: Yeah, there's that stink on it. Yeah. You know, and it was, I think it was the first thing that they officially produced. Oh, really? I, got, I think they got like money from their parents or whatever. Okay. It's, but it's, it's still a good movie, I guess. You know, I'm sure there was less Me Too stuff on this set than there were some of their other stuff. But anyway, it's yeah. a good movie. Did you get yeah. to the
2: boat scene yet?
1: No, I, I've only
2: I'm only like maybe thirty minutes into it. Like shit really hasn't started going down yet. Okay, I was also surprised to see a very young Jason Alexander,
1: full head of hair, full head of
2: hair, full head of hair. And I gotta say this: if they ever make a dana white biopic uh-huh
1: he is poised to play that role. <laughs> i was like holy shit they kind of look alike and he is like the mayor of the camp too like everything's like oh just come on i'll handle everything for you don't worry mm-hmm. it's about like,
2: it. yeah here's your hustler magazine <laughs> here's your condoms are these lubricated hey you get what you pay for yeah. <laughs> are unlubricated condoms a thing
1: maybe in the 80s yeah who knows
2: I don't know, but the burning's
1: pretty good. It is pretty good. And Tom it.
2: Savini did the special effects on it. Did special effects
1: on Creep Show too.
2: Yeah, which is what um, kind of you know piqued my interest. I was like, oh yeah, he did do the effects on that. Maybe I should give this
1: uh, a watch on the old Shutter app. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the blonde camp counselor, she is the love interest in Bloodsport. Oh yeah. Okay. Shout out to Bloodsport. Good one. Oh yes. Let's do a watch along for that. We'll just scream kumite the entire time. Yeah.
2: <laughs> if you were like me, that movie made you practice karate with yourself in the yard. Oh, sure. Absolutely. If you thought you were
1: fucking cool. They're gonna call me up with the Valley Tuto any, <laughs> any time <laughs> now. I know yep. it. I know it. Brazil Valley Tuto and J- J- Japanese Valley Tuto. Yeah. They're gonna call me up. I know it.
2: Then you like try to punch a two by four and break it, and it hurts. Exactly.
1: And you're like, how did they do that? Mm. I don't know.
2: But I'm gonna tell nobody about this. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that is really all I watch, Jason. haven't had a whole lot of time to watch shit, but yeah, I'm going to finish the burning tonight. Gotcha. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Well, Jason, you want to hit us up with some of that horror news? Oh
1: yeah, I got some of that horror news for you.
2: That new Children of the Corn news, that Blu-ray remaster, holy shit, deluxe package. No, not Children of the Corn news this week.
1: Damn it. Where are they <laughs> going to make that? Because I want it. I mean, I think Screamer Life Factory has a Blu-ray the door.
2: three and a half hour cut of Children of the Corn. <sighs> more scenes of Bert. Bert? Walking around. Yes, okay, Bert. Bruce. Okay. Bert, who mm-hmm. gives a shit, walking around the town, looking mm-hmm. at stuff. Oh, yeah. Very exciting. Man.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Listen to last week's episode. My nipples are erect. <laughs> and my body is ready for that. <laughs> Yeah, nobody wants that.
2: (laughs) All right, Jason, hit us with the news.
1: All right, so Stephen King's most recent book came out in April, April 21st, I believe. Oh, thanks for being specific. Exactly. It's a collection (laughs) of four novellas, which he does that from time to time. Yes. An anthology, if you will. Sure, absolutely. Yes. All four of
2: those have been optioned for movies now. Man, Stephen King just puts out a book, he like steps out on his porch he's like all right who wants it <laughs> <laughs> exactly you want this short story Mm-hmm. netflix
1: guess what you can have it yeah it'll t- be the fine tune of one million dollars oh yeah so first off is the story mr harrigan's phone has been bought by netflix with blumhouse and ryan murphy mr, A- mr. American- harrigan's phone Mr. Harrigan's phone. Is, yes. that a,
2: is that about like a senior citizen trying to learn how to use a phone? Uh, Kind of, actually. Like holds it out at arm's length and stares squinting at the phone, from presses what? buttons with one finger.
1: Now, from what <laughs> I remember, because I picked this up before and I was like, maybe I should get this. And I was like, none of the story sounds super interesting to me at the time. Yeah. It was about a kid who has a relationship with an older gentleman, Mr. Harrigan, and he teaches him how to use his iPhone and then he dies and he inherits said iPhone. Oh, and weird wow. shit happens with that iPhone, that... which is a thing that happens with a lot of Stephen King stuff. We've got a haunted lamp. We've oh. got a haunted phone, ooh, in Maine. There's a haunted lamp? No, I was I saw a lamp behind you. Oh, okay. Pulling something from my head. <laughs> is this lamp haunted? <laughs> okay, that sounds fairly interesting. Yep. And Rat has been optioned by Ben Stiller. Oh, I read about that. Of the Ben Stiller show, have you heard of that? Yeah, I've heard of him. Heavyweights.
2: Oh, that's right. He's Heard new of it? it.
1: <laughs> uh, it's been optioned by Ben Stiller to potentially direct, star, and produce. Oh, okay. No clue what that one's... I don't remember what that one was about. It's just about a rat, maybe. I'm not I, sure. I think it's about a writer that's
2: in a cabin by himself and mm-hmm. like a. There's something involving a rat, of course. Okay, but from the sound of it, it um, it's like a one man. Kind of deal,
1: yeah. I mean, that happens a lot with these We're, kind of not. Well, bells. I'm
2: I'm sure you're going to start seeing a lot of that sort of stuff.
1: Nobody can because, afford anything else. Well, because of
2: COVID, like, yeah, you know, you're not going to have like a 500
1: cast movie being made right now. No uh, insurance. The only thing is, insurance can be through the roof for everything for the next couple yeah, of years. Yeah, so, so
2: so this would be Ben Stiller's like first little turn into horror, right? He's never. I know he's done like more drama stuff. Like yeah. Greenberg was really good. Yeah, I really enjoyed
1: that one. Um, but yeah, I don't think he's ever. I can't think of much horror. Now his his ex wife. Now she's done some horror movies, but I can't yeah. think of any horror stuff that now, Ben Stiller's been in. How
2: horror this movie's gonna be? We don't know.
1: That's true. Because neither of us have read it. Yes, but my my fancy is peaked. That's true. So. So. Mine is too. <laughs> okay, cool. Life of Chuck has been optioned by Darren Aronofsky. To just produce though. Okay. Darren Aronofsky, Aronofsky of Mother and Requiem for a Dream fame. Somebody yes. may not know exactly and who that wrestler, is. Wrestler, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good movies. All good movies. Yes. And if it bleeds, it was, which would possibly be uh, an HBO series, since Holly Gibney, who is in The Outsider, that character is the main character of this one. So I'm assuming HBO probably already has the rights to that character. Which means they would have the rights to that character in this story, so uh, HBO would have, I like, guess, first crack at it if they wanted to do a TV series with this one. Uh huh. So okay, yeah, cool. You like Stephen King? Well, you're you're in you're in luck. You're in the we're having the are still very much in the King of Science as everything is. That's right. Yeah, cool, man. What else? Screen Factory has announced this huge limited edition Friday the Thirteenth box set, Blu-ray. Yes. Looks it pretty fucking sweet. All 12 movies, that's the Paramount and the New Line movies, mm-hmm. uh, on 16 Blu ray discs. So there's even several discs that are just bonus features and documentaries. Nice. They're all new for this release. Okay. Uh, the retail is $159.98. Yeah. And there's only 3,000 copies made. Oh, wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah, and you can peek at all the details they've released all the specs for, and there's not all of them, but most of them are going to be 4K. Okay. And there's all kinds of, lots of new commentaries, documentaries, special features, deleted scenes. Mm -hmm. I don't think you'll ever get the Part 7 full cut, because that one was like hacked to shit by the MPAA. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. But I saw some new stuff for that one.
2: Yeah, a lot of people want the extended Part 6 footage. Uh Uh-huh. Which we talked about on our jason lives episode it's not a whole
1: lot to it it's on youtube yeah look it up mm-hmm. but part seven was the one that really had the MPA just went really hard into
2: yeah yeah the artwork and everything looks pretty fucking cool yeah
1: I probably won't get it but you know i mean if somebody wanted to give it for me I'd be oh, sure very happy about oh, this very gift. happy i just don't know if i want to spend 100. my birthday's in october <laughs> make me happy It'll like, oh I'm sorry you can't watch Halloween Kills but here's a giant box set well that would have been better than that teaser hey it's
2: <laughs> very true let it burn Jason
1: gotta uh, let it burn yes <laughs> all right well what else so Lee wan L is in talks to direct The Wolfman with Ryan Gosling all right, yeah. Uh, nothing's official yet, but apparently it's it's looking like it's going to be Lee Wan L for the new Wolfman project. Who is that? Invisible Man. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, hey, and Saul Fame because him and James Wan came up together with the Saul franchise. All right. And he also did what's that? Insidious movie. That's pretty good. Okay. So he's got some horror cred. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Invisible Man was tight.
2: So it was a pretty good movie. It that's was very good. Nice. I like. It. it was pretty good. It's Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good.
1: <laughs> so I'm I'm interested to in see how this Wolfman's going to be. Yeah, it's, we need a good werewolf movie. I haven't seen one in a while. You know, I was thinking of this the other day while
2: I was watching uh creep show. Yeah, you know the Crate episode. I was I was like, like, when's the last time there was just a good monster movie? Like
1: Quiet Place will be the closest thing. Yeah, yeah. You know,
2: like Bird, a, box. <laughs> Bird Box. Bird <Yeah>. Box. <laughs> I never finished that. Is it a monster? No. Oh, okay, but just like a good old monster in your closet, is gonna fucking eat you. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, uh,
1: you know. Again, I guess a quiet place would be the the closest thing I can think of to a decent monster movie. But even before the end, there was nothing that I could think of. Yeah, it was all you know paranoid activity. Paranoid activity. That's what I already. I call it that as a joke, and it just bled into this conversation. Okay. I'm talking paranormal activity, (laughs) of course, and the Conjuring movies and that whole wave of horror. There hasn't been anything like a monster movie in a long time.
2: Yeah. Well, point being- Yes. We could use one. We could.
1: We definitely could. But we're going to get a werewolf movie. Not mad at it. Hopefully, it's good. They don't have the best track record in the horror community. There's some good ones. There are, but there's a lot of bad ones. Oh, yeah. Well, that's. Remember in, that in Jack China. Nicholson movie? Wolf. I, or is it Wolfen? It was just Wolf. Wolf.
2: 1994, I believe. Yeah. I don't remember it like, at all.
1: Not good? No. Nah. Okay. I'm sure at the time it was decent, but it's mm-hmm. one of those things like, ooh, this did not age well at all. Who's the female? I think uh, it's Michelle Pfeiffer's in that one.
2: Oh, okay. I was thinking Kim Basinger. I was like, somebody from Batman. <laughs> but. all right ryan gosling you sexy bastard
1: cool these abs were made for werewolves <laughs> hey girl you like wolves <laughs> <laughs> all right and the last thing i've got here is peninsula which is the train to busan sequel okay is coming to theaters in north america august 7th no and it's not shutter that's what the release <laughs> is. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, well, good luck with that.
2: Yeah, okay.
1: But that's what they're saying. And Shudder will be releasing it on demand in 2021. All right. Shudder, huh? Yeah. Go Shudder. Have you seen Train to Busan yet? I, I was pushing it off because I felt like we were going to, because we were talking about doing Zombie Month, and I figured uh-huh. that was going to be on there. So yeah. I haven't watched it yet. So kind of waiting for, cause I'm assuming that's probably going to be a Zombie Month pick.
2: Okay. So... Yeah, it should be.
1: Yeah. It's good.
2: It's damn good. It's damn good. In the words of Kurt Angle, oh, it's
1: true. It's damn <laughs> true. <God. laughs> Just come out here with my gold medals. <laughs> <laughs> Da-da. Da-da. <laughs> that dude broke his neck in the Olympics and still got a gold. Oh, yeah, you can tell.
2: I mean, he can't really turn his head at all. Yeah, looks like a all... giant thumb. Yeah. All traps, baby. All <laughs> traps. So that was the news, Phil. All right, Jason. Good news stories. Good news stories. Not a whole lot, you know, happening with COVID and whatnot. Yeah. I don't want to hear about Halloween Kills anymore.
1: Guess what? What? Not until 2021.
2: I know. Do you think they're going to save the trailer until like July 2021? At this point, I don't know why you would drop it this year if it's not coming out until next October. I think around Christmas. I bet
1: on like Christmas Day, they're going to. Do a little 10 second teaser. It will be like on some sport thing, and you'll hear that one piano going, and then it'll come in. It's like in 1978, <laughs> he, the Shit. man who shaped your fears Shit went down. Then <laughs> it'll be a little up piano thing, and then it said in 2018. Yeah, he did it again. <laughs> And now, let's find out what happens in the second part of the trilogy where nothing can end because it's the middle piece.
2: (laughs) That's right. Well, Jamie Lee Curtis can die.
1: We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I think we've been very steadfast in our predictions and hopes.
2: Well, yeah, it is what it is. If she dies, so be it.
1: Whatever. (laughs) I'm going to be in the theaters giving the thumbs down when she comes up, like at the Gladiators. <laughs> oh, my God.
2: <laughs> all right. Well, that's all the news. Halloween kills. Take a hike. See you next year. Yeah. Yeah. I said it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we'll You're talk You're the one that came out with the decision, <laughs> weren't you? I know. Yeah. I'm sure we'll talk about it next week somehow. All right, Jason. Well, we are going to talk about mm, Creep Show today. Yes. Now, we are not going to do a traditional scene-by-scene breakdown because, well, there's five mini-movies in one. Yes. We're just going to kind of talk about each one and just, you know, shoot the shit, as you will. Mm -hmm. That's what we're going to do. We're going to treat them like episodes of a TV show, pretty much. That's right. So, Creepshow was released November 12th, eighty two. Mm-hmm. Now, do you know the story about, like, why, like, the whole release
1: of it? I know it started around, they wanted to release it as close to October as they wanted to. Yes. And they gambled, thinking that Halloween 3 would not be a hit. Uh-huh, because and... Warner Brothers was like, oh, you're releasing Halloween with no Michael Myers? That's
2: fucking stupid. This movie's <laughs>
1: gonna flop. <laughs> yeah, guess what? They were right. They were right. So they actually did a bit of a slow release. So it came out, I think, in New England, maybe? Uh, yeah, or yep. probably Pittsburgh too, since it was filmed there.
2: Yeah, they did like a summer release, just kind of being like, "Hey, let's see how this does." Mm-hmm. But they released it November twelfth, so why didn't they just drop that bad boy in October? Well, they, they, like, they, What's some- up, Halloween three? Exactly. Because
1: you got to well, think back in the day, they didn't always open things wide. They mm- kind of did things regionally for stuff like this. Yeah, and Warner Bros. didn't have a lot of faith in it. They yep. thought they thought they could make some money from it, but they didn't think it was going to be a gangbusters like it. We did not just a gangbusters, Uh huh. but it did well. They didn't know if it was going to do well or flop, even with Stephen King's name on it. Mm-hmm. So they kind of, they slow rolled it and it paid off for them. Yeah. I mean, it was budget 8 million, gross 21. Yeah. Decent return. That's back when, they, when movies could not make $100 million and there weren't a profit. Yeah. You know.
2: And plus, they would have had Tom Atkins competing against himself.
1: That's too, think <laughs> That's, about that—that's
2: too much sexy
1: for October. You know, he wanted to be Geordie Verrill.
2: Yeah, I did read that he wanted to be well the role that Stephen King has. Yeah, but they're like, well, it's taken. <laughs> you can be the asshole dad, but
1: it's a big mistake. And he nails it. Well, well I, I get. We'll get. We'll get to that part. When we get, <laughs> oh, when we get we're that gonna get there.
2: Well, he plays a fucking asshole very well.
1: He does. He does. Yeah. That's what they made dads for.
2: Yeah, I believe the quote was, that's why God made fathers. Like, okay.
1: (laughs) It's a weird thing to say, Tom. As he pours that Coors Light with all head. Did you see how awfully he poured that beer? (laughs) It's just straight head. I'm like, dude, you're not going to have any carbonation in that anymore. (laughs) Yep, better to start sucking that down. (laughs) You got to at least like you know, rub your nose and put your finger in there a little bit to get that foam down. Yeah, (laughs)
2: hey, that's an old trick, folks that are listening, that drink beer. If your beer is a little too foamy, rub the side of your nose, get a little bit of nose grease on it, Mm -hmm. and rub it around in the foam. It kills the foam. It does. Alyssa didn't know that. Really? Yeah, I blew her mind the first time. It actually works. I do it all the time. I think the... I don't think it was the first time I ever met her, but she probably had a beer in her hand and I was like, "Allow me, my lady. Here's a little bit of nose
1: grease." Ooh, she's going to love my nose grease trick. <laughs> yeah, and do it, it was... to your beer. <laughs> yeah. Don't share your nose grease with anyone. Yeah. <laughs> just like dip your whole nose in it. Especially in 2020. Don't share your face grease at all. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Well, the intro, what do you think of this intro? We have Stephen King's son.
1: Joe jo- King. Joe King. Joe Hill. He's actually a very good writer in his own right. We're not joking around. No, we ain't. But Joe <laughs> King played this part pretty, I don't know. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, He, he wasn't asked a lot, mm-hmm. just to kind of sit there and take it like a kid.
2: Yeah. Tom Atkins is like. I don't want you reading this shit. If I catch you reading this garbage again, I'm gonna whoop your fucking ass, you
1: little bastard! <laughs> <He> <laughs> like says damn, something, like, yeah. And he's like, uh, "What do you read? Your dirty magazines or something?" Oh, that's right. I think that was a uh, possibly a
2: little throwback to Stephen King. He he first published
1: his stories in porn magazine, paid the bills, you know. Yeah. I mean, I know the crate and. Geordie Verrill, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Weeze, were first published in gentlemen's Magazines. The yeah. other three stories were written directly for this movie, but the other two had been previously published.
2: Okay. Well, we have our little intro. Now, I do like the little cartoon mm-hmm. transition scenes. Yeah. It gives it that 50s comic book
1: vibe. Which is what they were really going for in this movie. Did you? Well, you read comics and shit. Yes. Do
2: you still read comics? I do. Yeah. Do you read a lot of horror comics?
1: I do read horror comics from time to time. No, I don't read...
2: Who's the big dog
1: in the yard? Well, I mean, Joe Hill. Joe is a pretty big deal in the horror comic world. He's a big dog? He's he's big dog, yeah. Oh. <laughs> he's eating everybody's food. Mm-hmm. For lunch. About to snatch that chain. <laughs> mm. Everybody's having their sack lunches around Joe Hill. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Joe is actually... Pretty big in the horror comic world. He has his own... DC actually gave him his own little sub-label of horror comics for for theirs, and they're really good. Okay. And also Lock and Key, which was that Netflix show. That's right. That's based on a Joe Hill joint. Okay. Well, we have our little
2: intro, and our first story is Happy Father's Day. Yes. Or Knives Out. Kind (laughs) of.
1: I didn't think about that, but yeah, I can kind of see that. And yeah, Knives out with a zombie. Yeah. But this is better. It, well. <laughs> I enjoy this episode a lot. So basically, it's a, it's a shitty family coming together, uh huh, talking about how their shitty patriarch was a shitty person, mm-hmm. and he had been buried outside on the lawn, mm-hmm. and he comes to life to kill everybody on Father's Day. That's right. And his...
2: Was that his, his wife killed him? And that was his daughter. Talking about the one at the grave? Uh, oh, yeah, because
1: yeah. he was calling her a piece of shit and everything, and I want my cake. So also, her father killed the only man that she loved, and then she snapped and then killed him because oh, of that. Oh, okay. So yeah, that's happened. And I read the, com- I read the comic. I got the comment version of this movie, too. Okay. With Bernie Wright's noir, and It looks really good. Sick. And it's not quite as spelled out that he killed her dad, mm-hmm. or her, her love. Yeah. But it's kind of said there. Okay. Yeah. Well, Ed Harris is in the movie. Well, in this this one as well. Speaking of bald actors who once had a full head of hair. Wait, who else? Jason Alexander from The Burning. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Throwing it way back. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you.
2: I pay attention when we're recording this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and a little fun fact. Ed Harris was in the last VHS tape ever made. He was. A history of violence. It is a sought after tape, my friend. Yeah, apparently, if you're ever you know at a thrift store and you see a copy of a History of Violence, it's
1: it can't be that rare. I mean, it's it's hard to come by. Really? Yeah. Okay. I'm keeping an eye out for it. Yeah. You might get lucky one of these days. It came out in 2007. It was the last. Yeah, like I said, it was the last official major mm. release.
2: Yeah. So, Zombie comes back. She spills a bottle of Jim Beam theorized maybe spilling of the whiskey brought back the zombie that's like an old irish folklore Mm -hmm. anyways zombie comes out he wants some cake motherfucker he tells you 20 times (laughs) he's a talkative
1: zombie he is you don't get talkative zombies anymore you never really did oh
2: well you're gonna get some and something to tide you over yeah they gotta jesus they don't shut the fuck up it's like (laughs) damn just Walk slowly. Be creepy. <laughs> That's it. But they're like, no, we want you to come to the beach. I dug a hole. We want you to hop in. I'm going to eat you. Aren't I scary? <laughs> we'll get to it. Yeah. So he's a telekinetic zombie as well.
1: This is a, this, this zombie's breaking barriers. Okay.
2: With Steven Seagal neck breaking abilities.
1: <laughs> breaks
2: somebody's fucking neck. Yeah. Turns their head around. And he, he needs that cake. Good baker too.
1: Wait, out of nowhere, did he bake that cake? Uh, I think the maid probably baked it, and he just put the head on top of there, just be mm. like, save time. You know? Okay, yeah, I got you. Yeah, or like you know, cooking shows, like we're going <laughs> to do this, and then as soon as they put it in the oven, they pull the one that's already out just yeah, to save it's like, time. It's like, how'd you do that? Oh, magic! Yeah, you said it and forget it. That's right. What? That infomercial, I never <laughs> forget that one. Yeah, so that's kind of the 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 story. I think it's a good story to kind of set up. It really sets the tone of like an EC Comics throwback. Mm -hmm. You know, tales from the Crypt or Vault of Horror. Yeah, and it's I enjoy it. It's kind of a a zombie slasher short. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's not bad. Decent way to start. It moves and it grooves. You know, sure. (laughs) Do you want to do little ratings
2: as we go along? Uh, Sure. Okay. I give like a a decent six. Maybe a decent seven. You sturdy. Know. Sturdy Stur- six. Sturdy seven. Yeah. It's not mm-hmm. going to blow over easily if a, a stiff breeze blows it. No. It's a good opening band. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like... It's the band you go like, I'm here to see Rage Against the Machine. Holy shit, I had the driving's pretty good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, this band is pretty fucking sick. Oh, wow. I thought they just had that one arm scissors on. They've got a bunch of bangers.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man all right moving on to the lonesome death of Geordie Verrill. yes all right so where to begin <laughs> so Stephen King sir Stephen King of course yes is playing the lead role in this Geordie Verrill. he's hanging out in the on his farm mm-hmm. and a meteorite flies overhead and crashes in his farm and he's like, did you see that pool bear? <laughs> <laughs> Where's the dang circus? <laughs> it's kind of what it reminded me of. Hey, thank you about that, but yeah, it's, that sounds pretty perfect, yeah. Yeah. Both both roles played super subtly. Oh, I might add. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Meteor Lens, Stephen King walks up to it, he's you know, Feeling it out, he thinks he's gonna make a mint from this two hundred whole dollars. Yeah, he keeps having these dreams of like taking it to pawn shop. I guess No, it was a college. Oh, okay. He's like taking it to pawn stars. (laughs) I got a guy; he's an expert in meteors that crash in fields. Let me give him a call.
1: Uh, it's <laughs> worth ten thousand dollars. Best I can do is 50, 50 bucks, man. I got I got overhead. I got to put it over here. Yeah. Look, I got to wait for somebody to buy this look, thing. It's taking up space in my store. Yeah, I mean, how
2: many people are going to walk in here and just say, "Hey, I want to, I want a meteorite." Exactly. From the movie creep show. It's yeah. not going
1: to happen. No, it's not. So I know it's worth this, but that's not going to be what I get it for. Twenty
2: bucks or go fuck yourself. Exactly.
1: I got <laughs> you know. What? Hey, I got a guy. We're in Vegas. He'll comp you for your next meal. Okay, <laughs> they got lobster on the buffet in Vegas
2: all right well uh yeah so he's having these little flash flashback thingies. he's like oh i'm gonna be rich mm-hmm. Pooh bear and <laughs> you know i gotta say this is like if cocaine
1: could act okay yeah. <laughs> so i want to give him a little bit of a pass okay he's not good in this but george romero told him to play it as over the top as possible
2: i believe the exact direction was play it like Wily e. coyote so that's why
1: he's all wide-eyed and crazy-looking. Yeah. But still. And I think they even gave him buck teeth, you know? Yeah. So, like, this plays like a merry melody or a Looney Tune kind of thing. And it's just kind of like, okay, I know this is a comic horror comic, but it's just a little too silly.
2: Yeah, it is. So he starts turning into grass, basically, and yeah. his whole house turns into grass. And then he turns into, like... The Grinch's nutsack, basically, <laughs> and he shoots himself in the head. Yeah,
1: I gotta say this—it's kind of weak. Yeah, it's definitely—we'll give like our ratings a little bit later in the yeah, but yeah. it's kind of a weak episode. It is. I don't know. I mean, bless his coked out little heart. He tried. He did try. He tried. And George A. Romero. He even took took the blame on himself a little bit because he says apparently he still gets shit from that. Yeah, be like, hey,
2: Stephen, dial it back just a bit. I know <laughs> you're, dude. How much cocaine do you think he did before he they started rolling? He had to get that coke confidence, you know. No, yeah, like, dude, do a few shots, take a few lines, mm-hmm. little. He was like, I'm fucking ready.
1: Let's do it. <laughs> you want Wily Coyote? Here you go. <laughs> Even George a. Romero was like, maybe I should have said a little bit more subtle. But yeah. hey, it was the '80s.
2: Yeah, it's it was, whatever. It's it's not awful. It's just not great. Yeah,
1: yeah. I give it like a three. <laughs> it's not awful. I give it a three. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I give it a five. Yeah.
2: So moving on along to something to tide you over.
1: No, I do enjoy this one uh, quite a bit.
2: Yeah. I got to say, this is top two for me of this movie. Okay. So, I really like Leslie Nielsen. I think he's funny as shit. I really want to go back and burn through all the Naked Gun movies. Airplane's great.
1: And I can sit that I, When I was watching this, I kept like, doing Leslie Nielsen quotes in my head the entire time. Uh, it's a nice beaver you've got there. Thanks, I just got it stuffed. <laughs> Surely you can't be serious. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so like, we could do this, go on and on and on, but Leslie Nielsen is great. Yeah, he is. Fun fact about Leslie Nielsen, he
2: carried a fart machine around everywhere. Yeah. Like that was his thing, which yeah. is fucking hilarious. It is
1: great. I remember Tom Savini was talking about it and he was like, we, we would go to like restaurants and he just it can't be funny. And people would just walk up to him. It's like, Oh my gosh, Leslie Nielsen, you're so great. He <laughs> would hit the fart machine. And then, so thank you. And then he would hit the fart machine again and everybody would go back and we were like oh oh, oh okay <laughs> and then they would walk away and he thought it was the funniest shit ever dude farts
2: will never not be funny no they will not <laughs> people falling down and farting bonus if both happen at the same time <laughs> <laughs> oh man so also like when i know leslie Nelson he's he was a dramatic actor yeah all his life very good actor But I like when... See, I always knew him as the funny guy growing up. So I like when I see people that are known for being funny do the darker role. Kind of talked about that on Ernest Scared Stupid. Jim Varney would have been great for that. Yeah. But I like him here. He's kind of menacing and... Yeah, well, I think he's good.
1: He, he really nails it. I really think mm-hmm. he's. Yeah, I, again, I like seeing Leslie Nelson. He's really hilarious. Nobody does deadpan humor better than Leslie Nielsen. I don't think there's really might have been Even like as deadpan as The Office got, it still doesn't quite reach the the yeah. level of Leslie Nielsen at, at at peak. Yeah, but it's really like he. Even though I was like some very serious moments as part, I was still just laughing at him because it's yeah. Leslie Nielsen. Did you know that he was considered
2: for the role of Jack Torrance in The Shining? Holy shit, dude! I would love to see that. I think, look, Jack Nicholson crushes it. You know, yeah, like, but even Stephen King himself said that, like, he played the character crazy from the jump, which he kind of does.
1: And it also, he said it also immediately tipped the hat when you go into this movie. You know, Jack Nicholson's gonna be crazy because he's always crazy in his movies. Yeah. Yeah,
2: uh, I mean, albeit Stephen King's a little too harsh on the movie. I don't know why he <laughs> really fucking hates it, but he does. Yeah. Um. But God, I would have loved to have seen Leslie Nielsen play that role and see what he could have done with it. I want to need some YouTuber out there to just
1: superimpose <laughs> Leslie Nielsen airplane quotes over yeah. Jack Torrance. Well, have you seen the deep fake of Jim Carrey? They- I did see that. Oh, Holy shit. That's great. Another
2: comedic <laughs> actor that, uh, well, he did the number 23. He's done some other, like,
1: dramatic stuff. Well,
2: yeah, Eternal Sunshine's great. Truman Show. Yeah, good actor. Yeah. I would like to see him in, like, a, a straight-up horror role, though. Yeah, that'd be... I would, too. Apparently, I just want every every comedy actor to do a good horror film.
1: I don't know why. You want to see Adam Sandler in the Godfather remake as the <laughs> Don Corleone? <laughs> Chris Farley. He was trying to do a Fatty Arbuckle movie when he died. Yeah. R.I.P. God, his book <laughs> is so good.
2: So we also have Ted motherfucking dancing. Yeah. I heard of him. Becker. Yeah. Shit. So one night Ted Danson and George Romero were out at a bar and Ted Danson's like, oh, I'm doing this show and kind of worried. I don't know if it's going to take off or do well. And it turned out to be Cheers. So yeah, turned out to be one of the biggest fucking shows of all time. Huge. Good on you, Ted. Yeah, exactly. Did you ever see Fargo season two? So, no, I did not. He is in that. He's really? a sheriff and he fucking kills it. That does, show, dude, you gotta watch Fargo. I've
1: it's, seen the first season. The first season's okay. great. Yeah, so season's, I watched season. I haven't seen the, or the third season because you Ewan McGregor's in the third mm-hmm. season, right?
2: Yeah, it's okay. Okay. Season two, awesome. Ted who's, Danson does great in that. Who's the main character in that one? Uh, so you got Ted Denson and um Patrick Wilson is also the other younger sheriff. In oh, that. Patrick Wilson, you know what? He's like the dark horse. He's like everybody just keeps doing really good shit and really bad shit. I'm yeah. just gonna stay right in the middle and just kind of keep cruising to yeah. the top. Yeah. Like he's he's solid in everything. And he's not
1: anything bad. Yeah. Good for Patrick Wilson. Yeah, good for you. We're Team Patrick Wilson on this podcast. Yeah, we are. He's- hashtag, when we release this episode, <laughs> it's going to say hashtag Patrick Wilson is God. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: he's never been like a main guy. No. He's just always there. He does good. And He's also in Fargo, season two. Anyways, overall, good episode here. You mm-hmm. know, of course, Leslie Nielsen... Finds out that Ted Danson is sleeping with his wife. Which is Galen Ross from Dawn of the Dead. That's right. Yeah.
1: And you know, he buries him on the beach. Neck up. So, question. Somebody has a gun to you and you're pretty sure they would use it. Mm-hmm. Would you bury your own grave or would you wait for the, somebody to shoot you?
2: I was thinking about this. I was like, okay. He's got a shovel in his hand, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, charge him, at, but at the same time, like, keep the head of the shovel kind of in front of the pistol so you got a little bit of coverage yeah. in case he fires one off and just tackle his ass. Yeah.
1: I mean, he said earlier he can bench 300 pounds, so that's not going <laughs> to yeah, work.
2: That's right. It was like, I, I can bench 300 pounds. <laughs>
1: it was my, I was bust, I've never noticed that before, but he's got his foot in the door. He's like, I only work some moves. So I can bench 300 pounds.
2: Well, this was the 80s yeah. back when... People thought how much weight you could lift determines how good of a
1: fighter you are. Hey, this is this was not the case. <laughs> this was for this was just boxing. Everybody thought, everybody thought boxing was you just punch somebody, right? No, <laughs> it's actually completely opposite. The entire it's it's really weird.
2: <laughs> it's a weird sport. Yeah. So he buries himself, and you know tides coming in. Could have done without the shot of him underwater. Did you see how they did that shot though? Yeah, Tom Savini was you know kind of supervising. They yeah. built a tank and. Yeah, I guess I could have... It's not bad, but it's like,
1: yeah, I get it. He's underwater. And, you know, the red light comes up. It really emphasizes the whole comic book. Yeah, I like the little lighting shifts throughout
2: this movie. Yeah, I really enjoy that, too. It's fun. It reminds you, like, oh,
1: yeah, it's kind of a comic. Yeah. Yeah. And it was the only one that was not filmed around Pittsburgh. This was filmed in New Jersey.
2: That's right. They filmed this on a very secluded beach and course that's where the story takes place so they had the whole crew out there and they had to walk in a single file like penguins and like rake up their footsteps behind them because you can't shoot this secluded beach scene and see (laughs) footsteps
1: everywhere so that's how they did that and they said it was a pretty hard shoot out there the whole time because they were doing that and then they had to deal with all the electronic stuff Mm -hmm. and then they also had to worry about the, the surf coming in so they had to Brig this whole weird box up so it had like three levels to it for like a little bit then it would hit him then it would completely engulf him in water
2: yeah that's how they did the shots of like you know
1: t- dense and buried and he's getting the waves
2: hitting his face you know they had to be able to control that a bit you yeah know, so he doesn't fucking die So, <laughs> but yeah the zombies come back and i like the look of the zombies here
1: yeah, I like how they're kind of like uh, bloated from like the water for a little bit. Kind of look like wads of wet toilet paper. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, so I, was, I didn't think about that, but yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> this scene stuck with me as a kid. <clears throat> okay. I don't remember a lot of this movie, but I remember the whole, like this episode here. Uh-huh. And the zombies. I guess that says something. Yeah. I think this is my favorite
1: episode. It's really good. Yeah. I really like it too. I don't know if it's my favorite, but it's definitely, yeah. Top- of the. I'd say top two. Yeah, for me me too. In the comic, these are out of place. So the crate comes, then this one comes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And I love Leslie Nielsen's freak out at the end. Yeah. It's like, I can hold
2: my breath for a long time. (laughs) So good shit. Yes. All right, intermission. Pop quiz, Jason. Adrian Barbeau and Tom Atkins have appeared
1: in four movies together. Can you name those four movies? All right, so we've got this one. Creepshow. Mm-hmm. We've got The Fog. Yes. We've got Escape from New York. Yes. And we've got... Here's the tricky one. Uh, two Evil Eyes. Yeah. 1990. Yeah. Never heard of never, it. I've heard of it, but I've never seen it.
2: It's uh, Argento and Romero. They do a double... Mm-hmm. Kind of like a grindhouse double featurette, yeah. on Edgar Allan Poe stories.
1: Yeah, they're uh, they're buds, Romero and Argento, or okay. they were buds. Obviously, Romero's no longer with but us it anymore. But has a good but.
2: cast. Ky- Harvey Keitel's in it,
1: really. Yeah, and that's like at the very end of Argento being good. Oh, really? Yeah, because he did like that and opera in the nineties, and I don't think he's really done anything good. He's still making movies, okay? Apparently, that last the uh, three mothers movies is awful, awful, awful. Oh, like okay. Suspiria is the first one then Inferno which is kind of an overlooked if you're into like Giallo movies uh-huh give that one a watch and then that's kind of a sort of sequel to Suspiria okay and there's a third one I think it's just called Mother of Tears and it's apparently fucking awful like unwatchable really yeah
2: <clears throat> yeah speaking of Giallo I watched The Beyond like a few weeks ago dude Fulci's shit it was good it's kind of like
1: psychedelic zombie horrors, good that's I enjoyed it Italian especially that area like Folci Argento the, the, they kind of work on like a dreamlike logic uh-huh. it's like Dem- Demons does too there's yeah. not much of a story it's just kind of like set pieces yeah but it's still they're really, really a lot of really cool to watch because they look yeah. amazing
2: Demons is a shit too yeah, I gotta God
1: I gotta rewatch that
2: I remember I've only seen it once and it blew my fucking mind yeah
1: so stoned like and I was I watched, like this is fucking cool <laughs> <laughs> Demons 2 I watched not too long ago, and I was like, well, it's a lot like Demons, and it's like, mm-hmm. but it's a lot like Demons, you know? I got you. All right, welcome back to the, you know, intermission's over. So, <laughs> The Crate. This is the longest one It is of the, longest the one. episodes.
2: Yep. This one has Hal Holbrook, also from The Fog. Yes. And Adrian Barbeau. And... Some other jabroni. Did you
1: catch his name? I forgot. <laughs> he, he wasn't anything that we would really know. He was like a big TV and uh, Twilight Zone guy. I got you. Yeah. So, overall, what do you think of this episode, Jason? This might be my favorite one. So, essentially, what? these these two professors, they were best friends, and one of them, Hal Holbrook, uh-huh. has an awful wife, who's Adrian Barbo. Yeah. She's drunk. She calls him out all the time, and... She's a loud drunk girl. and We all know those. Yeah. He yeah. fantasizes about killing her it's, quite often. It's pretty, when he shoots her and everybody golf claps after it, I'm like, oh, this is adorable. Yeah. <laughs> that was a nice touch. Yeah. So meanwhile, you find there's a crate that had been delivered to this university in 1837 or something like that.
2: Do you think that was a the thing reference? So it was like deliver, like delivered to Antarctica, and it said Julie Carpenter. I think it probably
1: was a bit of a thing reference. Yeah.
2: So yeah, uh, monster escapes, eats some people, shit goes crazy. Yeah. Now, I don't know. Maybe the the creature Uh itself—it's just kind of out of place. I think. What do you mean? Well, it's been locked in a box since uh, 1830 from Antarctica. Yes well-fed werewolf creature comes out. It looks cool. Yeah, and I'm being
1: kind of nitpicky, but it's it's good fun. Yeah, I mean, I I enjoy it, you know, and I even get like, so is this thing immortal? Does this thing live forever, I guess? I guess so. I guess so, yeah. At least we don't know how to kill it, not from conventional methods. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But I thought it was kind of cool how they brought it around to him, the one professor, Hal Holbrook, conspiring to kill his wife in this whole thing. Mm Mm-hmm. And then pulling off the perfect murder, yeah, by Bill Cosby being his friend. Oh and snap! <laughs> and he didn't give him jello pudding. No, no, <laughs> no pudding pops were had that night.
2: <laughs> but the werewolf handed out a few pudding pops,
1: <laughs> didn't he? Yeah, I, and also when they when he kills a student, mm-hmm. I like that kill a lot because you see him kind of tear away at the student in his face and blood starts pouring out of it. Yeah. I really like that one. I thought it was really neat and really cool effects that Savini did. Yeah. the Look, the effects and all this done by
2: Mr. Tom Savini are fucking great. And Savini was really excited to do the effects for this creature because up until this point, he was kind of known as like the wizard of gore and the king of splatter, which is all good. Yeah. But he's a talented effects artist and kind of wanted to show off his sculpting and mm-hmm. All that. So. Yeah.
1: So he even called up Rob Botine and had to give a whole like crash course on how to construct this monster out of like fiberglass and everything. Yeah. Who did the effects for the thing. So yeah, go listen to our thing episode and hear us praise him for about, I don't know, two hours. Yeah. Boy, <laughs> that's an old episode. Don't yeah. judge us too harshly on the audio. I think by that time we had pretty much had it lit uh, for the most part. I'm sure there's, it's, I, don't I don't know. Yeah. Anyways. anyways. <laughs> <laughs>
2: but yeah, the creature looks cool here, albeit it's a little out of place with the context of the story. Okay. Whatever. Yeah.
1: It's fun. It's a big creature killing people. Would you have been more okay with this story had it maybe it just came in from, shipped in from like somewhere in South America like that day? I think that would have made more sense. Okay. Like came from Antarctica and
2: it's been in a box for that long. That could have been a small detail where it'd be like, oh yeah, that's that's better. Maybe. But whatever. Yeah. My favorite kill is when he kills um, Adrian Barbeau. I really like that too. I love the way the light changes all of a sudden; it turns really comic booky looking, and mm-hmm. he fucking eats her.
1: Yeah, I like because I like it's the good. the lead up to it is really cool too. Because mm-hmm. he's like you know getting her into this corner to talk about this girl who's supposedly there that his best friend beat, mm-hmm. and then he's like trying to get this monster to come get her, and then nothing happens for a while, and then she talks about how awful of a man he is. And then the monster finally comes out and gets her. Yeah. And then, of course, this movie is really heavy on primary colors like reds and blues. Uh-huh. When that kind of thing, when the comic book stuff happens, and I really, really like that stuff.
2: And as a colorblind person, you're speaking my language. <laughs> stick, <laughs> oh, to, yeah. stick to the basic fucking colors, all right? Don't be coming at me talking about, oh, that's a shade of teal or something. <laughs> Get out of my face. Short truth. What the fuck is that? <laughs> seriously. <laughs> no, seriously. What is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me now. Okay. So Alyssa's four-year-old niece, Uh huh. she always jokes on me. We have like, she'll be like, what color is this? <laughs> I'm like I don't know Why don't you tell me She'll tell me It's like Go fuck yourself No I'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> And you lay the rock bottom down on <laughs> Yeah I give her a rock bottom No she's
1: adorable And But you know Yeah Have you ever put on those like Color glasses before Like have you ever no, had been had those No
2: I haven't I mean I see colors I see what you see Oh yeah I know you do you, But yeah. when it comes to identifying it My brain's just like Nah I don't yeah yeah. i don't know
1: (laughs) i saw a video recently uh they're at a wedding and the the present that the bride gave the groom was one of those like really expensive kind of colorblind sunglasses Uh and he puts them on he just immediately starts crying i was like this is what you guys see all the time i was like (gasps) oh
2: phil (laughs) (laughs) well i think i see what you see who knows maybe if you find a pair let me know i want to try them out yeah
1: I make them. I don't know how I don't know because these were apparently expensive or what was mm-hmm. what he said, but I don't know if they make, you know. Yeah. And do you have like, is it red, blue, colorblind? Is that what you are? Something like that. Okay. I
2: did a test once and figured out the exact kind, but yeah. Yeah, it's all fucked up.
1: But anyway, creep Creepshow, yeah. primary colors, red, red and up. blue, what's up? Like this is, it really is my favorite part. The aesthetic is my favorite part of this entire movie. The, how yes. All the comic book panels they throw at it, all the colors. Mm-hmm. And like when Leslie Nielsen screams, you get that big comic book thing behind them. That's what I really, really love about this movie. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, that kind of wraps up the crate. You know, I got to say, I think the most, this is the most fleshed out characters. Well, it definitely is. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Also, what kind of monster comes home from a night of drinking pretty hard to a glass of milk. Ugh. Did you not see Adrian Barbeau doing that? No. Yeah, she comes home. She's clearly drunk, and she stumbles out of a car, which uh uh-huh. drink and drive people. That's right. And it was the 80s, though. So they had one for yeah. the road. <laughs> one for the road was literally yeah. a thing. You're like, hey, have this beer real quick so you'll le- keep your buzz for the car ride. Anyway. Yeah. I, I do one for the Uber. <laughs> <laughs> That's in that, 2020 it's called, one for the Uber. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: Uber's gonna be here in three minutes. Yeah. Slam that PBR.
1: <laughs> Everybody get shotguns. It's good. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, when she's reading that note that how Holbrook r- r- writes her, uh-huh. she pours a glass of milk and oh, starts drinking it. I'm like, Savage. Ugh. And then even if she shows up at the college, she's still drinking milk.
2: That's weird. I'm yeah. like, Ooh, break up with that woman. <laughs> Maybe it was a white Russian. Who knows? <laughs>
1: the dude yeah. abides
2: yeah well that's the crates good episode good episode it's definitely a good episode and of course we wrap it up with they're creeping up on you yes
1: what do you think of this with jason it's ooey gooey and forgettable
0: Mm-hmm.
2: yeah
1: i mean I, I remember bravo years and years ago did 100 scariest movie moments uh-huh and this was in there when he, come, at the very end, you know, when the, all the roaches come out of his body, which is a really cool effect. Yes. And how well, Tom Savini kind of did it, and the roaches were apparently a nightmare. Yeah, he covered
2: Ooh. it up with wet toilet paper and painted it color of this, the body. Yeah. Yes. Uh
1: That was in the 100 scariest movie moments of all time. I was like, really? Like, the crate <sighs> was scarier than this? The zombies coming up and they're creeping, The they're, the, what was that one called? I forget. Knives Out. Shut up! Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, something to tidy you over. Yeah, like or, these were scarier moments yes. to me than now. Grant, I guess I don't like bugs. Some people have a bigger fear of bugs than mm-hmm. I do. But I thought like, eh, I didn't agree with that. Now, Grant, that was Ten same. Years ago. Well, it's bravo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yourself, bravo. Bravo. No, bravo.
0: I'm
2: kidding. <laughs> Nobody ever agrees with those lists, by the way. If you look up any like hundred greatest albums of all time, it's all subjective. That's true. It's more like hundred most popular albums of all time. Put thriller kinda. on there one more time. Yep. Or it's gonna be the Beatles. It's gonna be well,
1: top five. Is is it is it Thriller? Is it Sgt. Peppers? Is it I don't know. We'll <laughs> ne- never Nevermind and Nevermind the Bollocks. Is that kind of rounding out in the top five? <laughs> sure. Sure.
2: Well, they're creeping up on ya. It's about a asshole businessman that fires a lot of people. Um He's a piece of shit. Kind of sounds like we're talking about our president. Right. huh? Hey, I'm all right. Minutes. Maybe edit that port out. I don't know. Nah, keep it in. <laughs> Fuck it.
1: So. so anyway, yeah, he's a total <laughs> trash person and he's trying to do everything he can to get somebody fired. He yeah. even has a phone conversation with a widow.
2: They're really establishing this guy as, hey, he's an asshole. You're going to like it when he dies. Yeah. I mean, it's a little over at the top, whatever. Yeah. He's like, I live in my $3,200 a month uh, luxury apartment, which looks like shit. Who it looks live- like,
1: remember Mike TV's death scene in Willy Wonka when he's trying to get himself uh, over the televisions? Everybody's wearing all the white <laughs> suits. That's what his apartment looks like. <laughs> like, Willy Wonka's about to transmit him over into the television. Yeah,
2: it's just really white and sterile. So. Yeah. But they said they went with this design because they were going to use like a regular apartment, but controlling the roaches was so tough that it was easier to, you know, wrangle them up and whatnot in this kind of environment.
1: They had their own trailer, the roaches.
2: Well, apparently they were the most expensive part of this movie. They spent $125,000 on roaches alone because each one cost 50 cents. (laughs) I couldn't imagine just looking at all that. Yeah. And the uh, actor E.G. E. Marshall. E.G.
1: Marshall, he was like, Yeah, that's cool. You can cover me in roaches. <laughs> Legend has it that parts of Carnegie Mellon are still honed by these roaches.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. And, you know, E.G. Marshall, he was in 12 Angry Men, juror number four, 1957. Have you ever seen that? I have seen it. I think uh, the gym teacher at our old high school showed it one day. It was like a substitute. And he put that on. and I was like, this is, I don't want to watch this old shit. And I
1: was like, damn, this is good. Yeah. You're going to run around like yelling at each other. But is this, did this person kill this person? I don't know. Yeah. Do you remember what you had for dinner last night? I got to rewatch that. It's, it's a, a good, good movie. Watch, yeah.
2: And he's also the dad in law in Christmas vacation. The little lights, they're not twinkling. Oh I know. my gosh. I know, Art. And thanks for noticing. <laughs> <laughs> Great movie. Yeah. So, roaches invade his house, and that's kind of all. These stories are very cut and dry. It's like yeah, you have an asshole in a room. Roaches eat him alive.
1: They're all see you later. They all function for the most part as strong morality tales, which is what the EC comics and you know the Tales from the Crypt TV series, which I know you, you watched a lot of too. Yeah, they're all strong morality tales, and this one is. Even though I don't quite get why how the roaches got in his body, I was like, fine, whatever. Well. It was asshole problem. Yeah. Well, apparently he's just one giant asshole. Oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. And again, see, they really established these are the bad people and mm-hmm. bad things are going to happen to these bad people because they're bad. Yes. And that's pretty much what literally every story follows that kind of truth.
2: Yeah. It's very simple. Yeah.
1: I mean... Same thing as like the goosebumps books that we, we read growing up. Yeah. Those are strong rally tales. You know, I mean they're for kids or whatever, but mm-hmm. they're basically kids' versions of all those tales from the crypt comics from the fifties. Are goosebumps on Audible?
2: Maybe. I just I just downloaded Audible the other day. Really? I'm burning through a book right now. I'm like, Yay, I'm finally making time to read. What book are you burning through? Um, it's called Breath. By James Nestor. He was just on Rogan's podcast. It's okay. all about breathing and the importance of how essentially we've evolved to like not use our noses to breathe. And that's why there's so many like snoring and sleep apnea problems. And huh. how the human mouth has evolved over time to get smaller because we eat softer foods. And because the mouth gets smaller, our teeth don't have any place to go. So that's why we have so much... Like dental problems in this day and age, it's very interesting. Okay, it's all about like, r- yeah, genetics and the importance of breathing and everything. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> Audible, huh? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Goosebumps. Maybe it might be on there. Yeah. But anyways.
2: So they're creeping up on you. Uh. Okay.
1: It's whatever. Kinda, I can kind of take it or leave it for this one. Yeah. Kind of went out with a. Wet fart. Leslie <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, well, Liz- Nielsen's a wet fart. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's not bad by no, any means. It's none whatever. of them are bad. It's just kind of like, meh.
2: Yeah. And then uh, you have the little closing scene. The bookians. Yes. Young Joe Hill uh, is stabbing a voodoo doll. Mm-hmm. Well, first we see the garbage men picking up trash, one played by Tom Savini. Yeah. They find a copy of Creep Show. And they're skimming through it. They're like, oh, somebody already ordered the voodoo doll. Then no. it cuts to Joe Hill stabbing his voodoo doll. And his uh, his asshole dad, Tom Atkins, is eating breakfast. And he
1: does he have a heart attack? I'm assuming he just dies. Okay. Joe Hill plays keeps. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it just kind of ends. I'm cool with it. I think it's kind of a fun little inter-capper. I think they could have went out with a little more pizzazz. Mm-hmm. Eh, I don't know. I kind of like the it ended with a comic book kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's how. I, that's that was just my my thing.
2: Yeah, it was kind of like you saw a great fireworks show, and then for the finale, they just lit off
1: a little bottle rocket, <laughs> and it's like pss, 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 pss. screaming memes As I, some people <laughs> I remember calling them, the ones that shoot up and say scream, screaming memes.
2: But yeah, it's uh whatever, good ending. Yeah, ish. So overall. I I enjoyed this. It was fun. Yeah. I mean, it kind of drags here and there. Some stories needed to be cut just a bit. Yeah. In the German release, the crate was not even included. Really? Yeah.
1: That's the longest one. It's the best one. Yeah. Huh.
2: So I think we can kind of both agree that I guess the crate's the best one. That was my favorite. Yeah. I'm going to go with something to tide you over. Really? <clears throat> Leslie Nielsen, man. Ted Danson.
1: That's true, man. Yeah. So powerhouses. All right. Bench 300 pounds. <laughs> well, I can bench 301. So. Talkative zombies. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of them in this movie. Yeah. All right. So we will do our, our rankings and I'll go five to one. So, okay. My least favorite. was The Creeping Up on You was my least favorite. Really? Yeah. Okay. And then it was Geordie Verrill. Mm. Okay. And then it was Father's Day. Okay. And then it was tied you over and then the crate crate was my favorite and tied you over. I thought was really good. Just not quite as good as the crate.
2: Okay. I'm going to say, yeah, mine's very similar to that. Yeah. I would say maybe, I don't know the Jordy. seeing coked out Stephen King really swing for the fucking fences. It, it kind of fun.
1: Yeah. That's why I didn't put it as last. Cause I was like, eh, it's not exactly his fault. And it's kind of fun seeing him go all out like this. Yeah.
2: Actually, I think the first story might be my least favorite. Really? Father doesn't day? do a whole lot for me. Okay. I don't know. What's your list? It's not my list. It's your list. It reminded me of Knives
1: Out. I don't know. <laughs> you just can't let it go. You can't. <laughs> okay. This movie came out 25 <laughs> years before the Knives that was even thought of. Oh, so. 35. 35. <laughs> yeah, 35 years before the knife was even thought of. <laughs> yeah, so that's, my ranking's about the same as yours. Okay. So overall, 10 point scale. Seven. See, so I give it eight and a half. Wow. I really enjoy this movie. Okay. Like I, I really I think it I, it celebrates the EC comics, which okay. I mean I'm a big comic book fan. Yeah. I think it really nails it. It does feel a little bit longer than it should be. I will it's give it. It's two hours long. It's a little over two hours long, yeah. Like and maybe they could have just done like four No, mm-hmm. it's Creep Show which is a, not a good movie, but they only did three movies, three episodes on that one. Okay. But maybe they could have just done four, cut one of the shorter ones. Mm-hmm. and then just kind of lit I think it maybe would have felt a little bit better but still overall I think this is a really really fun movie yeah it's fun
2: I'll give it a it's a strong seven okay it's got some legs on it yeah solid base I got gotcha. you kind of topples easy <laughs> hurricane winds <laughs> it's <like> old reliable <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yeah, built good from the ground up <laughs> well, it's got a good foundation on it but it just you know didn't knock my socks off by okay. any means that's fair it's good <laughs> so, when I was reading this uh, little Stephen King article, I came across a few fun facts. Okay. You know, when I was watching him act in this, I was like, what were his cocaine years? Okay. So I, I was like, he's got to be on coke in this. Oh, and he was. Yeah. But I, was, I think the exact term I Googled was Stephen King cocaine years, and that's <laughs> where the article popped up. But okay. 78 to 86. All right. He says he doesn't remember a lot of that. Oh, I'm sure. And one of his least favorite books he wrote at the tail end of that whole binge era. Do you know which one?
1: It's like six. Not Pet Cemetery. What was it? Is it Roadwork? No. Tommy Knockers. Oh, that's right. He yeah. does hate Tommy Knockers. Yep. And he also isn't a big
2: fan of Dreamcatcher.
1: That's because he was on a, a Percocets and doesn't really remember that one either. Yeah.
2: He was hit by a car. Yeah. He got hit. Yeah. So he was just
1: zonked out writing Dreamcatcher. He uh, actually bought that car. Just to make sure nobody else would so they wouldn't have, you know, the car hit by Stephen King. And he said he also oh. for a while he had it in his backyard, so when he was like dealing with like writer's block, he would just take a bat to it and just beat the shit out of the car. That's when you have fuck you. Buddy. Exactly. And Stephen King has a shit ton of fuck you.
2: <laughs> oh yeah. He's like, you know what? You hit me, I'm gonna buy you, beat the shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. Dreamcatcher not a bad movie? I don't know. It's been a while since I saw it. Uh, I remember the ending just goes to shit. It almost ruined
1: the director's career. Who who directed Lawrence Kasdan, who co wrote the Star Wars movies. That's how bad that movie was received when it came out. The, the guy who co wrote Star Wars oh, almost wow. ended his career because of Dreamcatcher. Was it because of the ending or? It's because people just hate the fucking movie.
2: I mean, Jason Lee's in it. There's
1: a lot of people in
2: that movie. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think Raven's in that movie. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So, Misery is about cocaine. Yeah, I could see that. Annie Wilkes is cocaine. Yeah. Because she's his number one fan. Now, I could kind of see that. Because, and she's not like, letting him go.
1: Yeah. Doesn't let him go. Yeah. Like debilitates him. Yeah. Yeah. I could totally see that. Yeah. I didn't think, but yeah, I could see that'd be a, a perfect allegory for Coke. Yes. He's caught in the snowstorm. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
2: He's a writer. Yeah. Um, Favorite film adaptation? Do you know what it is? Carrie. Stand by
1: me. Okay. Well, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, River Phoenix. Have you seen it?
2: Okay, well, I think he said he liked it because it was like the most true to the source material, and it, yeah. just,
1: it really captured what he was going for. So that that collection of the villas got some bangers in it. It's got Stand by Me. It's got Shawshank is in that one, <laughs> and there's a there's I forgot what the third one was, but yeah, yeah. Even if it's a dud, that's still a good collection. Yeah.
2: You know, I considered saying,
1: you know what? Fuck it. Let's do Stand By Me for this month. Man, I love that movie. Yeah. It's just not a horror movie, you know? But still, it's almost like, you know what? Summertime. We're going to perfect cap off in summertime. Stand By Me.
2: Well, we can always return to Sir Stephen King. I'm sure we will. Yeah. Well, that was really all I took from the Stephen King little article. But hopefully you learned a few fun facts. I think we did. Yeah. Well... If you like Stephen King, we got uh, we're serving up another slice next week. Mm -hmm. Secret Window. I've never seen it. A movie that Jason does not know the ending to. So I think you'll still like. You'll be like, oh well, okay, yeah. (laughs) 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 Oh
1: well, we're gonna find
2: out. Oh yeah, we definitely will. It's about Um, a writer. Go figure. Yep.
1: Yep. Does he write horror movies? What kind is he? Is it fourteen oh eight about a writer Mm -hmm. too? yes (laughs) yes <laughs> yeah holy shit so yeah
2: we will do that next week we hope you enjoyed the creep show episode we appreciate the shit out of you yeah. for listening give us a rating and review sometime if you get some free time yeah please do I always thank you for saying that i always forget to ask but if you could drop us a review on itunes it helps us out it does something,
1: kicks us up in the, uh, the algorithms know. for other, you know, like you listen to this, you might also like this kind of thing. Yeah. And that's very helpful. That's a huge help for us and getting bigger for the show, which is what we want to do. Yes. Drop us a review. Hit us up.
2: Yeah. Say what's up. Well, all right, Jason, you about ready to, uh, skedaddle. Yeah. All right. Well, we will catch you back here next week for secret window. But until then, I'm Phil. I'm Jason. And this has been the Spook House.